Hi everyone, Izzy and Archie here from Ferris and Sylvester. Welcome back to the Song Uncovered podcast. In our series, we've been interviewing some of our favourite artists and songwriters about a particular song that we love of theirs that has influenced us in some way. We want these episodes to be an open conversation, artist to artist, and hopefully we'll uncover the detail and devotion that goes into writing some of these amazing songs. At the end of the episode, we'll be tackling the chosen song of the podcast ourselves and attempting to do it justice. Brought to you together with the Americana Music Association, UK, a community that celebrates all strands of Americana and roots music in the UK and across the pond. Our next guest is a guy who knows the blues and has a lot of soul. Please welcome Abraham Alexander and his song Stay. I was wrong, I know. Am I the one to blame? I found another home Heard her calling out my name We met Abraham two years ago backstage in Austin. His debut EP came out shortly after and became our soundtrack on the road. Not only is his music brilliant, but he's a great guy and we're so happy to have him on. Abraham. What's going on? So nice to see you. I know. Likewise, it's been too damn long. How, yeah. how are you doing? I'm well. So I recently ruptured my Achilles. Oh, um, no. What have you been doing? I was I was trying to be LeBron. Forgot <laughs> <laughs> forgot that LeBron was taken, um, and so November seventh, I, I ruptured it. And then November 18th, I had surgery. I started walking January 1st. Uh, I just got off the boot two weeks ago, but it's 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 been, it, I guess it was the perfect timing for anything like that to, to take place. Well, I guess so. Not touring at the moment, I suppose. Yeah, so. yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're exactly. definitely not playing basketball anymore. Sure. <laughs> no, no, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> Tell me if I go too far. But I become the lonesome lone star. Tell me if I go too far. Would I ever find my way back? Thanks very much for, for coming on, man. Oh, my pleasure. Yeah, I, I love you guys and love your music and, and love the vibe that you guys bring. Um, we met 2019. South by Southwest. Yes. 2019, which yeah. was our first, was that our first time in America? together uh yeah 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 yeah. that was the first ferris and sylvester trip to the states which is crazy and it was like the best time ever and we met backstage that's right it was at antone's i i was on a slot with jay bird and i'm a big fan of hers and and then met you and i got to talk to sylvester for a long just like chatting up (laughs) i was like yo these these dudes are cold like these like it was it was just a good vibe man and you guys have such a are about you and and such a positive energy and and the fact yeah and the fact that you guys came to the show the next day after saying yeah we'll show up was like super meaningful to me and then i came to watch you play yeah uh, yeah yeah, and i brought some friends with me and it, it was a solo i can't remember what song you you hit the solo on and their mouth just dropped i was like <laughs> <laughs> you guys switched positions uh-huh. and i was like oh, 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 oh shit something's about to happen <laughs> <laughs> so so funny story about south by so the the year before um heard about antones and for me that's like a, a very 
an important venue for me. Mm-hmm. Um, just being from Texas, being a mm-hmm. blue sky, and one of my favorite guitar players, Gary Clark Jr., like that's where mm-hmm. he, he kind of grew up and Stevie Ray Vaughan and just Antone and, and the impact that he had on on Texas music. And so I heard about the show and, and I was trying to get in and I couldn't get in at all. Like <laughs> I was, I was on a guest list and they're like, nah, man, like we can't let you in. Like it's, it's, it's packed. And the following year, just being able to actually be on a bill yeah. in a venue that I couldn't get in the year before. And so I soaked everything in, man. It was, it, it was magical for me. I wonder if I stay So I was born in Athens, Greece and lived there for 11 years. And so I hadn't been back to Europe until my first trip to to, to London, where, where I had my writing sessions. So for me, it was like a spiritual experience as well to where I'm back in the the continent that I grew up in and I can feel the atmosphere and, and the texture was different and the different languages. And I'll be in a tube and I'm hearing Greek. Uh, I was in a Greek, Greek restaurant I walked in on and I can hear people speaking Greek. And here, if you go to a Greek restaurant, it's Lebanese owned or, or, or something like that. Yeah, and, sure. and so there was that authenticity about it and um, had the opportunity to live in London for for extended period of time, but I knew that I was going to miss home and miss the people that that really mattered, and and so that was kind of how stay came about. So that's that's in the yeah. lyrics, right? Because you're talking about London streets, but missing missing what's the line? I wrote it down. I think you miss missing the, the Texas highways, te- Texas highways. Yeah, yeah, it's good, yeah. It's a good line. So that that's Thank what you. it's about. Yeah, it is. And, and you know, it's funny is the first time I think I had a gig in, in London and it said, hey, three miles to to get to the venue. And yeah. so I was like, oh, man, I got time. All right. I can sleep a little <laughs> bit more. <laughs> Not in London. Something. No, man, it was biggest mistake. So it's probably an hour before I need to get there. And I look it up and it's like two hours away. I'm like, oh, <laughs> Yeah. But you recorded some great stuff. I, I did, man. It was truly, truly just the whole experience was magic. Um, and, and for me, probably out of the, the four songs, Stay was probably the most authentic to me. And, and I feel like it showed and it was super personal. And um, yeah, it was just something about it. Because it was so personal, I didn't think the people would like it. Like it was just one of those things I thought man, maybe 335 or or Lover's Game because it's so punchy. And yeah, it's sort of like an anthem. And I thought that would be the one that connects the most, but it was Stay. And I was very pleased with it because it was straight from the heart and honest and simple in a way. I know what you mean that because it is so personal to you, you don't necessarily think it will resonate with people. Um, it's funny, like our song Flying Visit, which is basically a song uh, from the perspective of a child from from the days when I used to be a nanny. And mm. um, we kind of wanted it to be universal, but it was actually, you know, incredibly specific. 
um you yes. know literally from a three-year-old's perspective like don't leave and and if you if you're going to stay then stay for 10 days you know they were all yeah. direct quotes and then when people talk to us about that song now they talk about their partners or or mm. you know their weddings or having a long distance relationship and we're like who would who would have thought that something so very specific would resonate in so many ways absolutely but that is the unique thing about art it's so mm. It, it can be onto someone what it needs to be. And I think music out of all the mediums of art is the most potent um, state. People are like, yeah, like, I'm traveling from like this state to that state. And I don't know whether I should leave my work or not. Someone was like, I was in a bad relationship and I was debating in my head whether I need to leave my husband or not. And and to, to me, I was like, I would have never gone there with with this like that was not where I was going, but it's so beautiful how something that was deep and personal for me can transfer. And that's why I love shows is in a span of 30, 40 minutes, strangers become family. I love it. And I miss shows. Tall <laughs> goggles. Yeah. That's an expression that we learned from, from the last episode that we did, looking at the world through tall goggles at the moment. I know the, the, the horrible sound checks that we get. You know, the, <laughs> yeah, um, the cold, uh, the cold backstage. Yeah. I miss being cold and bored backstage. I'd give anything to, I don't to think feel that again. probably used to that in, in Texas. <laughs> probably <laughs> slightly cold, different over here. <laughs> I miss those strange and random like sequences of events of of the the unknown and the the newness of things and like the fact that people be like oh man you're in quebec and like you should see this and see that and i was like dude i got like two hours maybe to 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 eat something and then i need to go back to you know the venue and get ready so before before we'd ever toured, we imagined it would gonna it was gonna be the, this sort of holiday where you get to do a gig at the at the end of every day. Yeah. Whereas it, the, the reality is, just as you said, is that actually you know you're traveling so far and you, you're so busy that the chances are you're going to see the inside of a hotel room and the inside <laughs> of a van. Um, we've had some fantastic times on tour, but yeah, quite right. There's things that so okay, yeah, yeah, we're in Vienna. We've got to go and do this and do that and do that. And then we, we really really try, but sometimes you just got go and buy a blanket from the nearest supermarket and have a nap in the green (laughs) (laughs) absolutely but it's it's that journey it is the experiences and the the connections that we we make even with ourselves like before the tour i'd never played three shows back to back um was gone for two and a half months and and for me it was a, a, a challenge like i didn't drink a sip of alcohol i was extremely meticulous with my diet it was yeah it it was a process and for me it was a challenge to whether to see if this was for me or not like if if this is what I want to do then I have to be diligent and be disciplined Uh, but that was the first time I'd ever been on the road and and I'm sure some people who've toured like 60 times are happy with the break that they get but for Mm -hmm. me I was like I just got started (laughs) I love the summer rain did you write and record that all in the same kind of session when you came to London? Was that all done at the same time? It was. I got to London and I had maybe like 20 to 30 writing sessions. 
And so, you know, it's, wow. it's, it's the, yeah, it was, it, I was there for probably a month and, and worked like every single day. With different people. Different people. Yeah. Wow. I was kind of thrown in a fire and seeing if this was what I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, and it was a beautiful challenge for me. And, you know, the whole, hey, what's your name? Where are you from? And, and that <laughs> whole thing. <laughs> like just get, getting to know each other. It's probably like my second or, or so writing session. And I was like, I'm just so excited to, to be here. And we just went right in. So which studios yeah. were you working in in London? It's, it's the studio. North London, uh, South London. I mean, what, uh, Abbey Road. Uh, yes, yes, yes. That's North, North London. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah I was, yeah. I was gonna say North London, uh, but, <laughs> but I'm rubbish with directions. I'm still trying to figure out why Manu is in the north and uh, <laughs> why, man, why? Oh, yeah, yeah. We're way too past that. Are you a Manu fan? No, but um, oh. I'm a Crystal Palace fan. Um, mm, I'm sorry. Who, well, yeah. <laughs> got some good players coming through. Yeah, so I love football, and that's what I grew up playing in in, in Greece. And I've always been a Real fan, but I enjoy English Premier. Like I, I feel like that's probably the best league in the world. David Beckham was like my favorite player growing up. And so him, Vanista Roy, and they came from Man U. And so I just started yes. watching them. Yeah. And uh, I was like, okay, I need to pick a team in the English Premier. And that was, that was <laughs> it. It was, it, it was Man U. They had Cantona back in the day. Uh, when, they when did was, have Eric Cantona. Yeah, yeah Cantona yeah. was the boy. He was the absolute boy. <laughs> and he, he, was. Was the, he, he karate kicked the Crystal Palace fan in the face. Have you ever seen that? <laughs> I haven't. I haven't. He got, no. he got a YouTube that he got a, he got banned for like a year. This conversation is taking a segue. I did not see coming, but <laughs> I, yeah, I love he, it. it was really famous incident. And I don't know what the Crystal Palace fan said. Something about his mother or something. And and um, Eric Cantona took serious offence. It ran up, jumped over the barrier, and karate kicked this Crystal no. Palace fan in the face. Oh my god! <laughs> right. That's one way of dealing with it. I thought you were going to say you're a Manu fan, and we we're going to like bond. Oh, you guys uh, would have well, been the best friends, and now you're only second best friends. I'm very happy to yeah. talk to you about it. I know <laughs> this is going to come back to your music in a second. Watch, watch oh, this yes. beautiful segue that I'm about to do. <laughs> yeah. So we were in, we were touring in Norway, and I remember this very clearly because your song "Lovers Game" had mm -hmm. just come out. We That's had right. that song on repeat for like two and a half weeks. Do you remember? We were we were driving through Norway when it first came out. I do. And we were driving into Oslo and we'd never been to Scandinavia, actually. And as you get into Oslo, you've got these incredible views as you're driving down the sort of main motorway and you go in and out of tunnels and you're looking to the left and you've got the water, the fjord coming into Oslo and it's just stunning. And we were listening to your track, Lover's Game, whilst we were, whilst we were driving through going, this is awesome this crazy. is a banger <laughs> crazy put it on again this is an absolute banger and oh, at the same man. time whilst we were in Norway Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was announced as the interim boss as Manchester United <laughs> and there is my segue and tell me if I go too far will I become a lonesome lone star tell me if I go too far would I Find my way back. I wonder if I stay. So you were in Abbey Road Studios, and that's where you wrote and record the, the record. 
So we didn't write it there. So we wrote it in um, Tally Yard. Tally Yard. Yes. Yeah, yeah. We yes. know that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so yeah. it was one of those breakout session rooms and, and, and then did the rest of the recording at, at Abbey Road. Who was the producer? Anu Pilla, if, if you know who he is. And he's been around. He's a phenomenal guy. Like I, I love his, a lot of his synth tones. They're wild. So the guitar, I just hooked straight to his board. So it wasn't through an amp. There's some great tones on that EP. It was interesting you mentioned about the DI stuff. So I'm, I'm a big fan of DI guitar. And it sort yeah. of went out of fashion. You know, the Beatles used to DI their guitars. George Harrison did loads of stuff through the channel of preamps and it drove them really hard. And then you get this like biting direct tone you can't get from an amp. The first guitar that I played, like his setup was so good. And, and he had this telly that I wanted so bad. <laughs> I walked a lot of London before that session, that session was probably like 11 o'clock. And I got out seven in the morning to walk around where I was living. And it was probably helpful because it, it helped my mind run. Like sometimes we don't stop to think about what we're thinking about. And Absolutely. I also think if you're, I mean, we're kind of quite new to co-writing and stuff like that and I think if you're mm. doing that you're saying that you were co-writing with like 20 people you kind of need that time on your own to gather your thoughts to gather your ideas I found that if we've if we're doing a lot of writing then you do need those times to kind of pull back and just kind of breathe <laughs> absolutely I guess because you did them in such a short um like you know you wrote and then and then went into the studio did you kind of have an idea about how you wanted the song to sound on the record before you went to Abbey Road? I wanted to be stripped back a lot and and, and allow my vocals and the emotion to kind of carry through. Mm. Like 335 has all those instruments and it's loud and robust and, and Lover's Game has that synth that kind of carries on. But I wanted mm-hmm. like air and I wanted breath and stay. Like if you close your eyes, I, I want the stillness and that calm to like resonate within the song, if that makes sense. But then... When I came back to the States and I was hearing it, I was like, man, it's missing something. And it was the 808s. The drums, when they come in, that's, that's the 808 drum machine. Yes. Yeah. It's a, yeah, it's yeah. a great awesome. sound, man. And it gives it does give that kind of hip-hop vibe, but with the space. And then you've got the, the 808 with the sort of claps or side sticks or something. Yes. So it's got the uh, rim, like a rim shot along with the 808s. And for me, it was kind of the battle between I would definitely miss the States and the fact that I'm feeling like I'm being drawn to Europe again. And so like there was a clash and, and kind of a merger of different cultures. It definitely gives it that sort of sensibility, doesn't it? But then you've also, yeah. you've got the, you've got a lovely Hammond organ sound in there as well. That's just yes. bubbling, just bubbling underneath. When did, when did that kind of stuff come in? Was that like stuff you added in later or was that like integral? Stuff I added in later. There are like three or four elements. So I added another guitar. I added another uh, organ and then the vinyl and then the 808s. So there are two organ layers, a, a, a higher pitch one, and there's like a more meaty organ that just kind of sits there. And, and I went back and forth. Oh, I should just pick one organ, but I would miss that higher one. Yeah. And, and then and, and then I'll put the higher one in there and then I'll miss that lower one. I was like, OK, <laughs> just just put them both in there together. Now that we're talking, I feel like one of the, the, the things that I love is dichotomy to things and, and getting like two different variations and seeing yeah. what works and what doesn't. But like stay having two organs, and two different guitars. I, I had two different synth melodies to, to Lover's Game. 
Yeah, that, uh, that opening synth. It's sort of Stranger yeah. Things. What is it? That like, like a Moog or something? Yeah, exactly. It was yeah. it was a Moog bass. I, I I said I want like what would Marvin Gaye sound like in two thousand and sixty seven? I love that. I yeah. love that. I wonder if I stay. You said you've been writing a lot. What what's been one of the writing lessons that you've learned throughout this past year and a half that you like? Oh shit! Why haven't we been doing this for this whole time? You know what? It was interesting because we um, get really involved in the production side. Archie's a, an amazing producer, and so we, especially when we would be touring and stuff, and also the first part of lockdown, we'd get an idea together and then we'd work on it and perfect it for days, weeks, months, whatever. And that, that's been a really, really good way of working for us. But then with the absence of being able to explore stuff also in your live set, mm. I don't know, we kind of decided just to basically write more and to think less about it. And I feel like that really did help us almost just kind of realise how to write again. I think that when you can get into like a flow and kind of become quite emotionally exhausted, that's yeah. when you can get the best stuff. Um, yeah. so, so I guess just the more the better with the writing well one thing that I've definitely learned is that there's no rules everyone that we've spoken to you know does it slightly differently and what worked yesterday doesn't mean it's going to work today mm. um, so you know if you if you get stuck on something just little tricks like if you're trying to write on a guitar and ch- change the tuning of the guitar where you're not mm. quite so familiar with it or you know we write quite a bit on piano now and the same similar thing and um, drums sometimes like you've written purely on drums yeah but so wow. if it's not coming don't force it you know maybe take a break and then just try and come at it from a totally different angle have you been writing a lot I have. I'm trying to finish out the next record and it's going to be a lot about my childhood. There's a picture that I I found in in my old house and it's me and my brothers in Greece and we're all in the ocean swimming. And it's this really beautiful picture. And immediately, like it just sparked ideas. Um, And I was just like, okay, that's what I want to talk about. Like, I want to give people more of me because I feel like with with the last EP like I did that a little bit but it was very much of what's going to stick on the wall mm-hmm. and and this one is extremely more authentic to who I am and what it took to become this individual and a lot of it are encouragements as well of like hey it doesn't matter where you're from what happened to you like you like like you'll be fine a lot of my pain has been like around family that adolescence of dealing with racism and dealing with uh, inequality and things with my my birth father and the fact that I was able to just sit there and write and take my time to to learn and understand what I was feeling that's been like the biggest blessing for me like to really take my time and I wouldn't rush anything <laughs> for me it's the opposite of you guys in a way the debut EP you know if you feel as the artist like that was you scratching the surfaces to who you are 
then yeah. you know we're just like really excited as the consumer because I feel like there's a there's a great deal of personality, heart, depth to your work already. I can't wait, can't wait to hear it. Yeah, thank you, thank you. I still feel like I could have said more and done more, and like you said, like I I barely scratched the surface on the last project. It was one of those things. Is like, does that work? Okay, like, is this who I am? All right, and you know, it's the first time I'm I'm putting a, a, a body of work like that together. And so me being thrown in the fire in London with those writing sessions was me discovering myself. If you could channel the songwriting gifts of three songwriters and put them into your own songwriting, mm. who are the songwriters and uh, what are the attributes that you would channel? Oh, my goodness. John Lennon. He is just so raw and authentic. Uh, oh, man, this is so hard. Paul Simon, his arrangements are out of mm. this world. Um, so that's why the two, and I would say my friend Leon, Leon Bridges, like his songwriting is just out of this world. And, um, the His writing is never on the notes. They're always like obscure in a way. Would you say that you're kind of more musically or lyrically driven with your songwriting? Lyrics for me, period. Yeah, with lyrics, you can bend and create melodies. For me, lyrics are the pathways. That's great to hear, man, because you can play yeah. as well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're not uh, <laughs> discounting your your guitar playing skills. <laughs> um, they're 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 not Sylvester playing, but I <laughs> <laughs> uh, see your guitars in the background there. I've been admiring them. And you, what is is that a bassman you've got there? The amp? It's it's a Blues Junior, and and then I've got a Victory. Shout out to Victory amps. Oh, uh, British. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I played one while I was on the road, and one, it looks beautiful. Yeah. And I'm a, I'm a big believer in look good, feel good, play good. 100%. Um, I've always yes. said the most important thing about a guitar, and I guess it extends to amplifiers as well, <laughs> is, is that it looks good. <laughs> it's the most important thing. If it doesn't look good, you're never going to pick it up, and then it doesn't matter what it sounds like. So it's got to look the part in order to make you want to touch it and feel it and hold it and play it. And then it's got to feel good when you pick it up. That's the second most important thing. Yes. And then it's got to sound good. So in, in that order, look, yes. feel, and then sound. And sound. <laughs> <laughs> so much for doing this we hope you're okay yeah man <laughs> thank you i'll be dunking again in no time yeah absolutely. <laughs> bad injury the worst of it 
was the 10 days before surgery because I'm laying in the bed and all the depression, the, the self-doubt, the self-blame kind of creeps in. It was a, a sh- big mental fight and the mental fortitude that I gained from that has been amazing. If I can go through that and be fine, COVID, yes. You know, the music thing being up and down, yes, but I can walk. And that to me is a privilege and everything else is somewhat secondary. Crazy how something significant or or something that we think is to our detriment is actually our saving grace. And I think you've got to be a really strong person to kind of find that and if you do like the way you have it can be a real gift especially at a time like this when finding any self-confidence is few and Mm. far between for a lot of people we are the same just trying to find hope and determination in the small things and then it will be over this whole this whole period will come to an end and we'll be touring again you'll be so bored of touring you'll be wanting to come back here (laughs) exactly i i'm I'm just really missing like tea and crumpets (laughs) that's one thing i miss yeah and and your indian food is insane yes but you guys know how to do what you know how to do but you don't know how to do indian food (laughs) no indian food was out, out of this world everything else was subpar really <gasps> yeah hey man yeah. What, what did you eat burgers uh even the chinese food wasn't as good fish and chips for, for me everyone's like oh you got to do fish and chips and i was like really it's just french fries and catfish and that was <laughs> i yeah i i have a slightly different opinion uh, <laughs> Archie's, Archie's literally the opposite whenever we go to the States he's like why is everything filled with cream no. <laughs> alright all right. so 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 that's that's your thing but for me I was transported to heaven because I died when someone's like I eat beans and toast I <laughs> literally what Archie had for his lunch <laughs> he had that it's fucking delicious I cannot do that. Thanks so much, Abraham, for coming on the show. It was great chatting with you. Here is our rendition of Abraham Alexander's Stay. See you next time. I 
love the London streets But I miss the Texas highways Tell me if I go too far Will I become a lonesome lone star Tell me if I go too far Would I ever find my way back I wonder if I stay I wonder 